ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, this is Ryan Grimm, a reporter for The Intercept and the host of the Deconstructed podcast. With the midterm elections around the corner, there are so many fascinating races that tell us so much about where our politics is heading, but cable news just doesn't have the time or the inclination to get into them. Check out our recent episode about Matt Cartwright, a progressive populist Democrat, trying to hold on to a seat in a Northeast Pennsylvania district that voted for Trump twice. He definitely is running his own campaign. So the fact that he's really pushing ads and messages on economic issues, on entitlements, he knows his district and and he's working it. And to be honest, I think Democrats would be a lot more successful this cycle if they pushed those issues. Check out Deconstructed from The Intercept, wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Welcome to Two Women Chatting with Liz and Michelle. Enjoying life in our 50s, we're also empty nesters, looking to reinvent, reset, have fun, and talk about topics with experts and friends that affect us, our kids, and our families. So grab a cuppa and join us on the sofa for a chat. There's always room for one more. We're not tech savvy, but we do our best. But it's a learning curve. All bumps, clicks, and noises are our own. Come on in and have a seat. have you been then? Busy. Yeah? What have we been up to? Well, you know what I've been up to. It was helping you. Oh, no. That was a good well, event there, wasn't put it? Put your tea down. <laughs> oh, very slurp. Put mine down as well. Yeah. yeah. That was really fun. Wasn't it great to be outside? It was fantastic. We did this um, event that we um, sponsored the raffle for. So it was called the Jubilee Trail in our little village. And honestly, it was so fun so many people coming out businesses and residents and all the shops were doing food food and drink oh and we had great weather (laughs) free mojitas free margaritas and yeah it was it was a bit of a pub crawl really no i didn't i I didn't go yeah well actually i did have a few but not till the end i was good but i wasn't so sure about those pictures i looked a bit like a cranky Which cranky? <laughs> little, little. Oh yeah, there's two of them, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. The, the little Jimmy cranky, yeah, like little round Jimmy person. Cranky. Yeah. <laughs> I've had my hair cut. That's why. Yeah. That's my excuse. No, look, no that's even worse. I've got a little pudding bowl. <laughs> oh, I went to the podcast show. <laughs> oh yeah, that was so great. So it's the first time. Um, there's been a podcast show in the country, and I got to see. Elizabeth Day, you know, from How yeah, to Fail. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, Mother Pucker, be careful how you Excuse say me. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was there. Um, Anna and Louisa from Luana. That's oh, so, oh, wow. It's a great podcast, yeah. brilliant one. Not as good as ours. <laughs> Not dissimilar. Wish, yeah. Not dissimilar. Oh, and who else did I see? Oh, Jenny Falconer. She was comparing. So for me, and it was a shame that you couldn't come, but on I... On holiday. I know. For once, I was one on holiday. <laughs> No, I was glad you were on holiday, but I could have gone with my wingman. True, yeah. I'll be there um, next time, yeah. But it was just brilliant um, walking around and getting a lot of energy from all the people there who, 
everyone's really into podcasts and I was so introduced to new one. Oh, got a lovely tote bag made by Spotify with our logo. What did that? Oh, I didn't sad. No. Oh, no, you made it without. Oh, I see. I think yeah. you just got the Spotify one. No, no, no. It was with our logo on. I'll show it to you. I only got one though. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> they only share, gave share. one. They only so gave one, one, woman, one person. Chatting. <laughs> yeah, just the one woman. Oh, and I've got to tell you this story. I So I went round to my mum's the other day. Oh, she was lovely on Saturday. She loved being there. She was in her wheelchair. She can't see everything, but she can, you know, she takes in, you know, the atmosphere and, you know, the bright colours and stuff. She she can see a lot of that. <laughs> You'll laugh at this. I was I went round to her. My sister was there and we sort of tag team with her. My sister does way more than I do, but I was over there to go and look after her, make her lunch and stuff. And my sister brings out this pair of trousers. <laughs> And I didn't know. She said, oh, do you think you can just get mum to put these on so that I can hem them to the right length? And I look at these trousers. <laughs> Liz, i got to up my game. I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. I have those trousers. They've <laughs> got elasticated waist. <laughs> They're great for travel. <laughs> I'm not joking. Well, I am. No. <laughs> no, I saw these trousers and I thought... Perfect. What is wrong with me? I'm wearing the same kind of trousers as my 89-year-old mother. No. Oh, anyway, that was funny. But uh, I don't know that I can wear them again. Oh, you can't. <laughs> no, I'm going to think that every oh, time. time. Yeah. What colour are they? They were nice. They were like just blue, navy, oh. patterned. Because I thought if I spill anything on them when I'm travelling, you won't see it. Well, clearly... <laughs> You wouldn't see if an 89-year-old woman also spilt her lunch <laughs> Do you on them. feel, therefore, that you're going that way? The fact you're worried about spilling things or buying clothes that actually sort of... No, but the trouble is... the stains. But I'm buying them online. So, you know, if I was going into a high street store, I'm not going to say the name of it, but if I was going into that high street store, I know which section would be aimed at me in my age yeah. group. But because I'm online, I'm like, I just Google blue trousers or comfortable yeah, but blue trousers matter, it? it's just the fact you no and they are a bit baggy around yeah, the bottom can you imagine actually. if one of your kids did the same that they've got these oh mum's got those i can't wear them they would so no yeah, you yeah. were saying to me that, yeah that you've had a few people say that our podcast has like prompted some i don't know just maybe they've talked about things a bit more but they're feeling yeah. a bit of a loss I don't know whether it's coming out of lockdown, but yeah, quite a few, yeah, two or three, and I don't ask everyone, but they, 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 they're saying they feel a bit bit lost, a bit, bit, you know, doubting themselves. I think that's mm. perhaps it, doubting, mm. like, and, and what am I going to do when I haven't met any new people? See, I was lucky I met you. Mm, you are yeah, incredibly, incredibly lucky. lucky. <laughs> you forced me into this podcast. <laughs> Lark, as I called it. <laughs> but no, so, so yeah, and the, the funniest thing was, talking about it, and uh, Alexa must have been listening you always, you've always got to say that in a whisper. And Alexa might have been listening oh, because otherwise they might listen. <laughs> no, seriously, that I've, I've probably so got an Alexa do. in here. So... Yeah, but haven't you whispered, whispered that you want the diamond bracelet? <laughs> you shout that. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yes, but get no, that algorithm. No, but up yeah, on but my no, it's phone. quite frightening though that actually some, someone's listening. So it popped up on my LinkedIn. I had a look at the website, and it's incredible, amazing. It's so really? inspirational. Yeah, it, it inspires you to. To not think that you're not capable of of doing something after fifty five. So well, that's what know. we talk about all the time, exactly. isn't it? A bit yeah. of reinvention. Yeah, yeah. that midlife isn't the end of it. It's the fact is, I guess that's it. That my friends were sort of saying, you know, what, what, not what, what's left or whatever. What should we do? But it, it, you know, they 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 help people find new jobs, finance. 
just give ideas, inspire them. Mm. There's 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 self assessments on 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 there. Mm. It's all free advice, which is great. Um, and if you could find a job, so just to basically say, I say it's, it's implying that you know you you we perhaps stop ourselves from doing things as well. You know, I can't do technology. I say to you, you know that I'm rubbish at it. But why can't I? Mm. You know, why can't I? Well, don't look I'm like that. I'm pretty rubbish at no, it you're fantastic. Too. But it's, it's, I think it's within us that some of us say, you know, we can't do it because we're what, 55. So you put down your own barriers. Yeah, that's it. You'll be bold, I've got to be bolder. Or you've yeah. been told as you've grown up and been in different careers that you can't do it or this is what you're best at. So maybe you just don't think about um, other areas that you're really good at. Yeah, yeah. And, and I've spoken to a few people as well um, quite recently and my friend so two examples a couple of friends of mine uh one is caroline she was this really good advertising exec lived all over the world gave it all up had kids stayed at home and stuff and now her kids are leaving she has completely retrained as a nutritional therapist and has a little side side angle of beekeeping oh fantastic yeah i know isn't that cool and then um another friend who I'd met in Singapore, Natalie, she was approaching this whole, you know, she knew she was going to be a bit bored and missing the kids and stuff. So she, and it's quite hard to get these, so I know she was pretty tenacious. She is now a chaperone for kids on film sets. Oh, that's good. How cool is that? But that, that but yeah, but how does she, is she that type of person that's, oh, sorry, <laughs> hit the microphone. But is she the type of person always been really outgoing and proactive because I think this is it that that I thought I was and I would have always said you were outgoing I mean I haven't I, known you when you were younger no, but, but I, I was, to me you yeah, appear to be very yeah, but I lost that's together. what I'm saying is at that age and I think as I said they, they maybe pin the age exactly 55 I lost my confidence kids gone left home empty nester just felt you know I can't do anything I'm used I, I did feel a bit honestly. useless yeah I'm gonna be honest here I know everyone's listening and I don't like to open up about it but I did feel a bit you know this is it, you know. I'm, I'm. But you never come across that way. No, but I met you. No, I mean, but I mean, even point. when I first but, met you, I didn't know you oh, that no, well. No, and no, I, I chatty, but I, I wouldn't have the confidence to go and find a new job. It's hard to find one. That's the whole point. It's ageist, you know. You're over fifty-five. The chances of a company employing you is is, is difficult. Um, but it just, yeah, I just lost. I lost my way. I think that's it. You lost your spark. And I think your mojo. It. My mojo. But this yeah. is, you know, and you just think. And that's what my friends, are, I think, are going through the stage at the moment. They're going, mm, you know, and not having the confidence to go out and find something new. Mm. And that's what this organisation is is offering. It's offering, you know, sounds really, this sounds really negative now, hope. But it's, you just need someone to maybe kick up the backside. I think that's it. I love a kick up the backside. <laughs> no, I do. I just think sometimes yeah. you either get it from a friend or you get it from a professional place yeah. or whatever it is. But just maybe looking at your life and if you're not happy with what it is change it yeah it's easy easier to say than it is to do but but, but there's you know, help out there if you're in your 50s and you're lucky enough to live what these days 90 that's well, a heck, 91 yeah. well that's a heck of a long time to not be satisfied with where you are mm. so i think you should do something about it well i did i'm doing a podcast and this is t- and, you know, and as you know this is totally out of my comfort zone <laughs> what gave it away yeah i did well <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> so that's why I wanted to interview right. Lindsay. Okay. Well, let's have a let's have a chat with Lindsay then. Mm. She can join us on the sofa. 
So a warm welcome to my guest today, Lindsay Simpson. She's the founder and CEO of 55 Redefined, an organisation that fly the flag for those who may be getting older, but have no intention of slowing down. They celebrate the optimism of today's over 50s. And you know, I love this. They advocate for age diversity, positivity and inclusion across all areas of life. Before founding 55 Redefine, Lindsay was the CEO of The Curve Group. She's a passionate entrepreneur, board advisor, investor, and recognised as one of the UK's 50 most inspirational female entrepreneurs. Well, welcome, Lindsay. Thanks for joining us. Now, you don't look like your target market to me. You look like a lot younger than that. So is, is this your mission for older people like us? It, so I am just turned 44. So you're quite right. And, and I support- Lucky I said that then. <laughs> <laughs> the amazing amount of people that go to me, wow, you look really good for your age. And I'm like, I don't know how old you think I am. Yeah, 55 Redefined is the parent company um, because it was the average age that we saw people's lives started to pivot and kind of 50 to 55 things started to change. Your career aspirations start to change. Often your family circumstances start to change. So if you've got children, um, that's often the age because you're keeping into your mid-50s that they're going to university and they're leaving home. Um, It's a peak age for divorce. So people starting again um, in their lives. It is? It is, yeah. It's uh, it's weirdly, um, divorce is... Oh, God, I'm only 53. (laughs) Well, it's reducing in the younger age group, but it's peaking in the 50s and 60s um, as people, I think, are realising that because it's the change when you're questioning it question now. everything right. um, well and also life has changed a lot so you know divorce never used to be quite so acceptable as it is these days it was also financially quite difficult for people to separate whereas these days people are mm. more affluent than their parents were and have got that ability but also we're living 30 years longer and so if you don't particularly like somebody <laughs> then thinking you know, it's not for a couple more years it's like oh this is another 40 years I've got to do this and so people really are kind of questioning That's their so lives. True. Why would you yeah you don't have to stay if it's no. if, if it's a miserable exactly experience. so yeah so 55 we thought was the pivot point um, and we support people kind of in the lead up to that as they're working out what do they do what do they want to do what should life this next stage look like and then in the bit after wherever they've pivoted in whatever their new life looks to be you hit that spot on because that 55 is when I had that sort of question myself literally when I was 55 it's 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 really weird and it does it coincides with becoming empty nesters Mm. and uh you know and you do I think start being somewhat introspective and thinking well, you know, what am I going to do now? There's a lot of, you know, got skills, got mad skills from, you know, maybe we've been dormant for a while. I, I suppose that's the way I look at it. But I mean, you know, if you've had kids at school and maybe you've stayed off work or you've given up your career. Yeah. But during that time, you've learned a lot of skills, haven't you? If you've, I don't know, volunteered at school, been on the PTA, managed even kids parties or just multitasked two or three kids getting to this activity, that school, getting their homework done. We're actually brilliant multitaskers, a lot of us women, if you've had kids. And if you haven't had kids, you may have had a career or done something else. But I think, you know, us sort of mature women, we're pretty good at handling lots of things at the same time, aren't we? I I think so. And and I think it's generally women themselves that, that 
give themselves a hard time um, and don't have the confidence to perhaps push themselves forward. You know, you know, when, when they're asked perhaps a question around, you know, can you demonstrate negotiation skills? You know, they think, oh, well, I haven't been at work for 15 years, so I can't do it. And I'm like, well, if you've, if you've negotiated a child's sweet broccoli, then you have negotiation skills. So, you know, and it probably outweighs everybody else around you. And, 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 and it is also just life experience. You know, we are, um, you know, as we're currently recording this, entering a stormy period of, of finances. Um, you know, we've got, um, you know, interest rates mm. going up. We've got inflation at an all-time high. Um, you know, we've got, you know, choppy waters going on and actually it's only people that are really in their mid to late 40s and beyond in their 50s and 60s that have seen this before that know what it was like in the 80s to have 25 percent interest rate and a mortgage you know know what it was like in 2000 and 2008 when people suddenly kind of crashed and actually living through that and knowing that you got out the other side is also a really useful skill for businesses to be able to embrace when they're bringing people back but it might also be a very good time for people looking right now, how can I plug the gap in my finances? What can I do? And I think um, isn't somewhere on your website, what really attracted me was um, you could work for three months and then chase the ski season or, you know, go and do food festivals all around the world. Great way of, I love this kind of flexi working. Tell us a bit about, you know, what are employers looking for in women like us who have skill sets don't particularly want to do Monday to Friday, nine to five, or, you know, we want to embrace our empty nesting freedom. Yeah, it's exactly that. And I have to say, it's the, for me, it's the biggest positive to come out of the pandemic. Um, the COVID pandemic is that the ability to work flexibly, remotely, and make that work from a systems and a productivity perspective is the biggest gain that we've had because it's enabled employers that pre-pandemic would have had to have people physically in an office or a contact centre. You know, training was always done face-to-face at a particular time and working patterns were either full-time or when they were part-time, they were still pretty rigid, you know, nine till three, these set days, you know, none of this kind of flexi work. And I think the world has woken up to the fact that actually, you know, you've got 24 hours in a day, you've got seven days in a week, and as people can come forward and say, this is what I'm able to do, and they can find a way to make that work. So, yes, the, the three, three months a year example is the... You know, when we talk to people in the accountants profession, so accountancy, tax advisory, their biggest issue as a company is tax year end. So every customer needs help tax year end. They don't have enough people. It's a two to three month squeezy period for them. And that you can't just bring in a temp. You know, you need somebody that understands, you know, tax and accountancy. And so you've then got this army of retired accountants and tax advisors that don't want to work full time, but actually working three months a year and then being retired nine months a year and topping up all of their savings and income. Well, fabulous. You know, and we've got, you know, I've literally got a list as long as you are. We've got a, um, a really interesting employer about to launch a campaign called The Workshop. And they're one of the biggest gaming companies in the UK so if you see like the little games you get on your phone or casino games that are advertised on the TV and they're set up an office in Malaga 
And so they're wanting to attract people that are interested in inventing games and, um, and, you know, and, and creating new technologies to spend half of the year living and working in Spain in the winter and then come back to the UK in the summer work from there yeah pick me exactly and you know and you've got the tech skills and again it's a classic one where people go well you know gaming and technology that's a young person's game I'm like well you know the largest users of online games are actually over 50s (laughs) you know they're the ones that are a got the budget to spend on casinos and bingo games and also you know it's no point having a 20 something year old developing a sudoku game for a 60 year old you need the users to match the audience. So, yeah, so there's so many different examples now. That's interesting. But how do you find those people for, to think they can do that? Because as soon as you said that, a 60-year-old designing a game, I, I just wouldn't think there was anyone out no, there. No, exactly. Well, often what happens is um, they're generally people that are perhaps in technology but over the years have progressed to so the fact that they're leading an IT department or they're you know, leading a team in a big company. But actually where it all began for them was just tinkering around with a bit of code and you know, actually inventing things when they were in their you know, university or you know, early career. And so actually reaching out to those people and saying, you, know, you can combine your passion with actually paid work now. So you, don't, you reach a point in your career sometimes for those people that it's not all about the money. It's about doing something that you enjoy. It's, a, it's not about leading teams if that's not floats your boat anymore. And so, yeah, so we, you know, we reach out with stories and just try and really share these are the things that you can do. You know, next week we go live with a campaign for the Commonwealth Games. Um, so, you know, we're going to be leading a charge to get over 50s organising the Commonwealth Games, which is in Birmingham in a couple of months' time in July. And again, it's like, you know, the instant reaction is these things are normally staffed by university gap leave young people that come in and do and I'm like well rubbish who are the people that love sport that have got the time to take a three month you know stint into a role and not be chasing and worried about what comes after that three months well that's your over 50s community Mm. so yeah so watch this space I think there's a lot more coming Mm. well you know you you mentioned one of the positives of covid is that you know we can have more flexi hours working from home and stuff I also think it's sort of ignited in the population a willingness to volunteer. I worked at a vaccine centre as a marshal and actually I think it kept me really sane during lockdown. I love doing it, I love meeting people. You know, I didn't suffer from that sort of, uh, well, that isolation outside of your family at all. But I met lots of people who were almost like full-time volunteers and you know, if you're feeling a little bit of a lack of purpose, whether you're paid um, for work that, you know, over 55s can do or you're finding a volunteering opportunity, it is incredibly fulfilling. Not to sound really like patronising. No, and, it's not. It's you meeting other people. It gives you maybe a bit of purpose. And actually maybe volunteering before you start putting your resume around to um, well, get a job. Well, that's, exactly, because that's what we tell the kids to do, get some work experience yeah. before you get your job in, in the area they want to go into. Yeah, that's so true. And we don't think about it no, for us, no. do we? I mean, you're quite right, Michelle. Um, volunteering is an area that we see a growth in in people in their 50s, 60s, 70s and beyond. It is also an area that has grown with post-pandemic and accessibility so if I give you a great example so pre the pandemic again most people when they associated volunteering would think I'm going to volunteer my time in a shop you know or I'm going to go and do fundraising and and it was very physical in-person commitment which a lot of people don't have the time to do 
or they have a disability or caring responsibilities, which means that they can't commit to that kind of structure. But, you know, you know one charity we partner, for example, is called Bookmark Reading. Um, and they are a children's reading charity um, that have identified that the, the proportion of people that make it into the prison service and unfortunately into criminal behaviour have a very high propensity to be illiterate. Um, so, and they're from generally from families where they don't have a English speaking parent, um, you know, or somebody that's able to read with them. And so, again, that would have been, you know, pre-pandemic, quite a commitment to go and physically travel to a child to sit down and read with them and help them with their reading skills. But you can volunteer one hour a week now to just do a, a Zoom or a Teams call with a child. You know, they have the book, you have the book, you just listen to them reading, and you're helping children across the country and giving an hour or two of your time. And so all of these types of charities are now benefiting where, you know, there's people that have got kind of access and a bit more confidence now with using video. video. So tools. the tech has moved on. Um, but how great a job would that be for an empty nester who is missing their kid, who's gone off to college to, to connect with children mm. across the country? It doesn't cost them anything. They can do it at home. I love that. I, I'll, I will. I'll do that <laughs> yeah. one. I'd love to do that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Can I ask a question that, for example, if somebody wanted to set up a business, you were saying about, you know, the game, you know, tech people maybe, you know, working for a company designing the games. What happens if they want to do it themselves? Could they get the funding? Because they're over 55? Yes. It's, well, I, I don't think there's any age restriction on funding for businesses. In fact, the most successful startups in the UK um, start from age 45 and beyond. So statistically, you are more successful as a startup if you are aged over 45. Um, there is significant growth in entrepreneurs over 50 and 60 at the moment. Um, and um, and in, in all sectors. So some of those are you know, pursuing their passions, so becoming florists or carpenters and things where they perhaps want to trade, whereas others are literally, you know, they've come up with an idea and, you know, services businesses or a retail business and, and getting going. Um, what we do find is if someone has never run a business before, what's often quite a good place to start would actually be franchising. Um, and so the British Franchise Association have got a huge amount of resources on their site about, you know, what franchises are available. You get then the support and the structure around it. Um, but if you're looking to start up your own business, um, then the banks are providing a lot more support. So Santander, for example, have got a breakthrough programme for entrepreneurs and they specifically are targeting over 50s. So they, again, are a bank that are recognising that actually it de-risks the investment from a bank perspective, if you have somebody with some life and some work experience that's actually setting up rather than somebody straight out of school that has, has never worked at all a day in their life. Is that quite recent? Yes, it is. Yeah, again, it's, you know, the, I think the statistics are just kind of coming out now about the age, the average age of entrepreneurs. Um, and partly a lot of people have gone into that route because they felt ageism in the traditional corporate lives. So they kind of, you know, they maybe hit 30 years service where they work. So maybe they're in the police force um, and one of the services where you're forced to retire after 30 years. Um, or perhaps they've just worked for the same organisation for a long period of time and took the opportunity for early retirement. But they're not ready to stop. 
And, and so that we're seeing people are literally retraining and starting again. I mean, we have on Life Redefined, liferedefined.co on our site, um, you know, we have career resources which cross over starting a business through to, you know, working for somebody else, you know, and, and kind of everything in between volunteering um, to just people to get purposeful work. Because, you know, you mentioned earlier, um, Michelle, about you know, the, the link between just that social interaction and it, you know, being positive. And, and what we find is, you know, as we get older, there are lots of things we can try and tackle. We can try and tackle health or housing or disability, you know, or work. And, but the one thing that centres it is if you have some form of purposeful work and that could be paid or not paid, it improves every other facet around you. It improves your mental health. So, you know, there's a direct decline when you stop purposeful work in your mental agility your physical ability your social interaction the size of breadth of your community that you reach out to and so yeah we are big advocates that actually you know we are you know we, we're benefiting from adding so many healthy years to life but they're only healthy if you're actually living those years in a purposeful way and and I think, you know, whether that's bringing your hobby to life and, and, and making that your thing or whether that is volunteering or, you know, going back into work and retraining from scratch, you know, we know that that has a significantly positive influence on every other element of your life. And you can help with that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we are all about no boundaries, really. So, um, you know, as I said, we don't have an upper... It must be like a therapy session. <laughs> like when people come to you, they're most like, oh, I'm feeling really lost. I don't know what to do. Got no skills. And then talk to you like, well, actually, you know, I think you'll find that you're an incredible event organiser or, you know, yeah. you, you, you draw skills out of people you and do, make you, them realise their worth again. Yeah, we, we're not... You can assess... Do you assess people? Uh, well, we are a platform is that the right word assess yes it is the right word so we are a platform so we're not a in-person support so i'm afraid you know you can't pick up the phone to us and talk to us you know we're not going to hold your hand through it because there's unfortunately millions of people over 50 and we're trying to help everybody um and so it, we're about providing inspiration insight and action um, in a self-help way so for example on life redefines there are 25 courses e-learning courses that you can put yourself through for free that would normally cost you four or five hundred pounds per course but we've we're providing them for free to help people to self-develop there is a self-assessment so you can do your own psychometric profile to understand what your motivators are what your strengths are you know what your weaker areas are so you just know a bit more about your own personality and how to present that to somebody as such as an employer so we're all about the self-help piece but it, a lot of it is about inspiration you know what we what we find the most helpful is when we bring to life real stories real people you know and and then people can go well well if they can do that actually why can't I do that you know well if they can go back to university at 75 and study nutrition and then become a nutritionist at 76 why can't I do that you know and so so that's a big part of where we're then always sharing stories of you know we've got you know everything from sculptors to postmen to florists to everything in the middle you know and so um, I think when people can see that something's possible and the only barriers there are perhaps the ones that they've put themselves up or they think society has put up in front of them you know I think there's a lot more people kind of smashing through them now. As Liz said, it's it's showcasing and inspiring. You don't have to 
just work in a shop or do childcare. I think a lot of women our age sort of fall into that, oh, I'll be a babysitter or I'll walk dogs or I'll, you know, I'll go and work in a grocery Mm. store, all those things. But I think we should really believe in ourselves a lot more and just go out there and and get something that's that we're passionate. I think key to it is passion, isn't it? If you're really interested and you're passionate, it gives you energy and it gives you purpose, as we've said before. And like you're back in the mainstream and you're saving for your next holiday on the African plains or wherever you want to go, There's, right? Or just being able to pay your gas it, bill in this current exactly situation. That. There are, I think there are lots of ways that people are looking at um, looking at work. Sometimes it is about passion. Um, you know, sometimes it is around the hard facts of needing an income. You know, unfortunately, you know, the other... Uh, statistic that comes with being in this age group is is being a widow you know um, you are far more likely to be widowed in your 50s and 60s than you are you know in your early career and so people find that they then need to go back to work because they have to financially or sometimes because actually their life plan has gone away you know I, I was having you know a, a chat recently with um, a, a, a chap that's that's in our ecosystem that had his life plan sorted. You know, he and his wife had bought um, a lovely house, still up in in France. You know, they both worked 30 plus years career. You know, they're going to retire, going to do up the house in France, going to maybe do like a bit of B&B in, and that was going to be the next kind of 20 years. And then she got diagnosed with terminal cancer. And so, you know, life changes. And so with that, with that moment in time, it's like, actually, I only wanted to retire because I could do that. I don't actually want to retire and live in France on my own. That wasn't the plan. And so actually, how can I stay back at work? But how can I do something different so it doesn't just feel more of the same? And so I think these re-evaluation points and, you know, the other thing we hear a lot is the word boredom. So one of the biggest reasons people leave their career and, and retire early, um, earlier than they can do or should do, is because they're just bored. You know, they fell into an industry, they fell into a role, perhaps their parents pushed them into it when they were kids, and they find themselves just going, I don't want to do another day of this, let alone another 10, 15 years. And so it's not always about a passion. It is sometimes just learning something new. You know, lots of the financial services companies we work with, such as Hargreaves Lansdowne, Barclays, you know, they're keen to encourage people in this age group that have never worked in financial services. And they're like... We'll treat you as we would an 18-year-old, that you've got motivations, you've got life skills, you've got interests, but we will teach you everything else. We will teach you how banks work. So I just have one quick question. You know, um, finally, thank goodness, the menopause is being talked about a lot by celebrities on TV, in documentaries. Women are rushing out to get HRT, which is in limited supply, and then we're not getting it. Okay of how women are affected by brain fog which Liz and I often talk about that you know we'll forget our words or something how and I'm not trying to put you know uh, well I can't think of my words it's right brain fog. there's my brain fog that, that was it yeah. I had a really good sentence and it was complete but you can't do that if you're in business and you're trying to make a present yeah. presentation you, you if you get brain fog yeah so how does yeah how does this this talk about menopause and women getting brain fog and actually having brain fog like now how does that affect recruiters thinking about women of our age or are they are they getting on board finally with uh, just more flexible working arrangements or just understanding where we come from 
I have to say, menopause is a topic, and I think, you know, we can all thank Davina McCall uh, for bringing this into yeah. the public psyche, um, but it is, uh, it is probably one of the biggest areas of growth we've seen in corporate world in the last 18 months. So there isn't a employer that we talk to, you know, that's large, mid-size, that doesn't have now a plan around menopause support. Um, and that sometimes it's a pol policy, so i.e. as the employer, as an employee benefit, we will pay for your HRT or we'll pay for your alternative supplements, um, you know, as an employee benefit, um, given it's charged on prescription. You know, others are running series of education programmes, but what we're finding the most interesting is just how positively the male audience are finding it and they're like finally I understand what's happening to my wife you know or what happened to my mum at that phase and, and I want to support and now I understand it and and so it's not just about hot flushes and the odd kind of you know brain freeze moment people I think in business are really truly understanding okay this is a chemical phase the same way as adolescence is the same way as we treat any other you know phase where someone's going through treatment or I've got you know impact and there's ways around it and it's a moment in time so you know I, I would say it's a really positive thing and I have yet to come across a you know a larger employer who's not absolutely embracing it because they do not want to lose women out of their workforce for something that is just a moment in time um, that 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 can be treatable, you know, and, and can have, you know, just really good balance between what happens in work and home in that phase. That's incredible. That's amazing. And that, in fact, that always almost makes it worthwhile for women of our age to go and get jobs, <laughs> to get access to free HRT and great videos and, and good learning programs. I mean, I know that's sort of a bit facetious, but thank goodness they're waking up to this because they can tap such potential in this age group yeah. you know and, and ageism yeah it is and and the challenge is you know there is no one size fits all menopause you know that, that you know there is um you know so i myself mm. so so as much as um, i'm not in a traditional menopause i've got endometriosis and so i've had been put into chemical menopause and come out of it and had various things over the years so so experienced that since my mid-30s so it's not also something that just happens to people in their 50s and beyond you know a lot of people are perimenopausal in their throughout their 40s but just don't know what it is that's happening or why it's happening but actually accepting that this is 50% of the workforce and it's 50% of the population. So this isn't about one person having a bad day or a brain fog moment. This is going to be 50% of the people are going to have this kind of impact in some way, shape or form. And so we can't ignore it. We have to live with it and find ways of adjusting around it. So bottom line is us women in our 50s, perimenopause, menopausal, whatever, we mustn't be frightened of getting back into the job market because there are places for us and there is more understanding. So I think that's a huge step forward. Thank Fantastic. you, Lindsay. That's honestly, I'm, I'm inspired. I'm inspired. I really am inspired. I, I might go and do that volunteering for reading <laughs> yeah. thing. I'll be yeah. on for that. Yes. Oh, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. This, we've got years to go, haven't we, all of us? We've got years, um, years got left and we you. should... Well, well yeah, not. I don't know about that. But <laughs> no, we've got years of potential retirement and it yeah. doesn't have to be this Just podcasting. I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like a twilight zone of doing nothing, does it? We can we can really find some purpose and, and do some really fun, creative, um, helpful things to to navigate back to feeling like 
we are worth it because we all are another whole new career another whole yeah reinvent ourselves so thank you so much for spending time with us today it was brilliant how inspiring yeah good find liz good find i'm not pleased with that yeah but i wish i'd found it before well before you were 55 (laughs) exactly no i mean that literally before i was 55 it's spot on yeah and it's funny isn't it it's really tapped into a market that well i suppose we wouldn't think about it when we're in our 40s or 45 because we're still sort of occupied with maybe kids at home or something but now i can see that that's a big market share of as she says you know 50 percent of women (laughs) are the population so why shouldn't we do something that's cool, interesting, invigorating, that we're passionate about? And You were really inspired by it, I could tell. No, you I really were. You, were I could, you know, you, you made you think, and that's the thing, maybe because no. you're a few years younger, just a few years younger than me. <laughs> no, I'm happy, really. I, mean, I, I always like volunteering. I'm, mm. I'm very happy to give back anyway. But uh, And I did sort of recording books for the blind mm. and stuff when I was getting started in um, voice recording, voiceovers. But I hadn't realised that there was... I think I suppose I've just been busy. But I can spare an hour a week mm. reading a book to kids. Do you know, most people can. Who You know, in, in our situation, I'm not and saying... And you don't need a microphone can. like this. You no, just need a laptop, laptop. And, yeah. and an interest. And, you know, if your kids have gone off to university and you're missing that interest... I miss... Do you miss those days when you would be able to sit on the bed and yeah. tell a story, read a book? And then you turn around they fall asleep. That's yeah. the whole point of it. I loved it. I mean, I do miss it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that's just one thing that she mentioned, but definitely it sparks your imagination a bit, doesn't it? Well, I think that's it. And I think that's, you just need, yeah, you need a bit of help sometimes in life. Yeah. I we can all it. be uh, Robert De Niro in The Intern, can't we? <laughs> <laughs> Bags be Anne Hathaway. <laughs> but what you lack in, uh, I don't know, I suppose, energy, you make up for in wisdom and... and experience. Experience, exactly. And you, yeah, and recognising the mistakes you've made... And you can pass I haven't that made on. any mistakes. Of course not. No, you're perfect. <laughs> no, I'm not perfect. <laughs> no, but I think uh, it's an avenue worth pursuing. So if you know, if any of you are listening and you're stuck in a rut, like Liz was saying, you know, yeah. she felt, then you know, start looking things up. And um, there's the Royal Voluntary Society. They're always looking for people. Uh, there's lots of opportunities mm. on there too. Or you know, check out Fifty Five Redefined and see if that just, you know gives you some ideas of things oh, to do. Oh, I think do. it will. It really will. Yeah. I think what a lot of us want is flexibility. We don't want to be confined. I don't mean your spine, Liz. <laughs> I was going to say, I just... That's <laughs> never coming back, love. I just sat out <laughs> as you said it. <laughs> oh, Anthea. Yeah, yeah we've yeah, stopped yeah, doing yeah, that yeah. whole shoulders, shoulders thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> oh, you're not much taller. <laughs> but I think, you know, if we could find something that fitted with our lifestyle... Mm so that we got balance maybe that's the thing balance yeah. in your life and mm. p- balance and, and purpose. purpose do you remember when we did the three p's back in the day <laughs> we all got... of episode one oh, no, way we way ago yeah. and we couldn't think of any no. <laughs> no but i think we've both got plan and purpose and stuff in our lives now and you know i think um... oh yeah i've definitely got purpose now and then that's it. it it i've found this and i'm learning seriously learning getting out of my comfort zone and i'm not saying anyone should start a podcast but do no, don't start, don't, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't start a podcast. Do not start a podcast. The market is saturated. There's lots of people still hanging about from COVID who'd started three episodes and gave up. Don't yeah, do that. Yeah, we don't want those because, yeah, because we, yeah. 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 Anyway, that's all from us this week. So it's goodbye from Michelle. And it's goodbye from Liz. So once again, we keep on saying goodbye and then I suddenly th- remember something that I meant to say. 
I bumped into this great lady, Justine Johnson, the other day, and she had set up Birdie London. It's a clothes, it's an apparel sweater place. Um, she did it with her friends, and they did exactly that. They had no knowledge of the design industry or setting up a small business or anything. It wasn't their backgrounds. And so I just asked them if they could give us a bit of a, you know, a bit of a voice note on how they experienced it and what they got from it. It's quite inspiring, really. Having had a reasonably successful um, career in communications uh, for about 15 years, I obviously, like many women, found myself uh, putting my career on hold to have a family. Uh, I did try and work part-time for a while, but it wasn't really commensurate with the role. So fast forward um, to children being in their mid to late teens and myself finding that I had some time on my hands. Together with a, a very dear girlfriend, we had those sort of blue sky um, conversations while walking the dogs, thinking, just thinking about crazy ideas and things that we could and couldn't do. Um, and one day we decided that we would put um, all those years of experience, like so many women, together and do something. Rather than just talk about it, we, we said, no, why don't we do it? We, we likened ourselves to the lady at the White Company saying, I'm sure she used to have those thoughts and one day obviously thought she'd give it a go. Well, that's what we did. It wasn't a deep-rooted desire to have a new challenge. I think it was just a desire to see if we could do something more if it was really all over or not. That was certainly from my perspective. And since 2017, we've had our hands more than full with a fledgling business, learning on, as we went, a completely new industry, making clothes, um, designing, uh, finding manufacturers, finding sales outlets, um, marketing. So using talents we had and discovering new talents within. So it's been a complete uh, J-curve uh, experience, uh, lots of learning, lots of fun, a few tears on the way, but on the whole, um, nothing that I would change and, and something that I would encourage anybody to do um, if they think they have an idea and they have the energy and the mental capacity to do it, then yes, why not challenge yourself again? It's never really too late. Thanks for listening to Two Women Chatting with our special guests. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review. Even better, share with your friends. And please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. There's a link on our Instagram bio and Facebook pages. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, this is Ryan Grimm, a reporter for The Intercept and the host of the Deconstructed podcast. With the midterm elections around the corner, there are so many fascinating races that tell us so much about where our politics is heading, but cable news just doesn't have the time or the inclination to get into them. Check out our recent episode about Matt Cartwright, a progressive populist Democrat, trying to hold on to a seat in a Northeast Pennsylvania district that voted for Trump twice. 
he definitely is running his own campaign. So the fact that he's really pushing ads and messages on economic issues, on entitlements, he knows his district and, and he's working it. And to be honest, I think Democrats would be a lot more successful this cycle if they pushed those issues. Check out Deconstructed from The Intercept wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>